a very powerful meeting that you don't just come the same, you come different. Amen. Anytime you, you, you step out and you do anything with the Lord, we, we, we expect to come out different. Amen. Say, I expect to come out different. So this, uh, you know, I, one of the things the Lord told me to kind of remind some of us that in the very beginning of, I think it was not beginning, but it just seemed like a word that just continually has been coming to this church is for us to pick up the pace. Why do, we, why do I remind us about picking up the pace? Well, because any time where you've picked up the pace, there's a whole, I, there's this mental thought that we can slow down as well. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? You can slow down mentally and not be aware that you've uh, slowed down yeah. or that you're not paying attention to the race that you're running. Yeah. <coughs> can I get an amen? amen? Not that I'm saying agreeing that it's okay to slow down. I'm just saying that, that we, we've got to be mindful of these things. Amen? Amen. And that, uh, here we go. And that we're going to believe God's word no matter what. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. You know, a lot of folks, they say, I believe the, believe the word of God, but do you believe no matter what? Yes. You know, one of the things that we, I've noticed about this church, the more we've preached about miracles, we've had miracles, the more we've preached on on, on deliverance, we've had experienced deliverance. We've we've experienced healing because we've talked about healing. I mean, we've talked about our authority. We've talked about casting our cares. We've talked about a numerous amount of things that many of you are walking in the fullness of. But if you don't participate, it just coming to church alone and us talking about it won't be enough. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Mark chapter three, uh, because you know. How many of you know we have to cooperate? Yes, amen. You know, I, I'm so glad I, we cooperated with the Lord and went over to, uh, to Marietta. Yes. Do you hear what I'm saying? Yes. Because honestly, I mean, to be very frank, you know, if I, if I was if I wanted to go to Marietta, I mean, I want to go to Marietta, but if, I'm, I'm looking, if I had to go based on my bank account, I would have stayed home. Can I get an amen out there? And sometimes you do, you, you just sometimes we're mo too moved by what we have to do the right thing. Come on. Too too simply moved. Well, I can't go to Marietta. I don't got the, the I don't got the money. Well, you know what do you do? Faith makes movement. Yes. You know, I'm just sitting around like, man, I gotta. I missed my haircut. I had got it cut on a Wednesday, so I cut it. I had it cut on an off day because my hair looked so bad. So and I thought, well, okay, it's perfect. Hopefully, it'll last the whole week. So come Wednesday, my hair is looking like a hot mess. What do I do? I ain't got, I mean, I, I'm, in the, I'm, I'm in the natural. I'm like, everything's a stretch right now. It feels like a stretch. You know, Pastor Molina's here with me now. What are we doing? We're, we're, everything we're doing is a faith walk. So I'm just so I'm like, you know what? I'm going to go get, get my hair cut. And uh, I'm going to just believe God that, God, you're going to take care of my haircut. Uh, I'm like, I don't know how you're going to do it because ain't nobody knows I'm here. So I'm just going to walk on in. So I walk on in. I sit myself down. I wasn't there not even a hot minute and someone came in introduced themselves and put money right next to the barber exactly how i would normally would like to give and pay for haircut now don't judge me because i pay i'll pay I, I if i could tip big all the time i would do it but lately i haven't been able to tip big the way i wanted to but the guy put exactly how I would pay for hair. I put it 50 down. That's what I would normally like to pay for a haircut. Some of the girls, you pay every time you pay a hair 50 bucks to get. Yeah, I, I do. Some of you pay $300 every time you go see somebody once a month or twice a month. 
So 50 bucks a, a, a week to get your hair cut. The guy looked at me kind of funny. What, you pay $50 to get your hair cut? Yeah, if I had 50 bucks, I would do it. Sometimes I'd have to pay for it, not because I want to be cheap, because, but that's all I can do at the moment. But he put, boom, put 50 bucks down. I'm like, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You think, oh, well, here's my time to keep back, you know, keep back. I could just give him 25 and keep the rest and just, ha, 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 praise the Lord. I got blessed even more. No, because I see anytime I go anywhere, I see myself as a witness to God, to doing God's word and being God did not call me to be cheap. He didn't call me to save money. Do you hear what I'm saying? He said to complete the mission, to complete the mandate, to do what I called you to do. See, I'm not, treat, I'm not cheap with people. And because I'm not cheap with people, God treats me very well. He takes care of me. Well, pastor, I'm not you. I can't do what well, you could. I didn't, I didn't start at the top. I never started anywhere. And if this is the top, I don't think I'm quite there at the top yet. I know I've got a long ways to go. People are, well, you, you're, no, we are moving together as a group into more of what God has for you and I. And some people that some some of the some folks get uncomfortable with that. Some folks get comfortable. Some people get used to living in an apartment. Some people get used to to to, to having several uh, car notes or or debts that they can't get. People can get used to a living certain way. Yeah. But God says, well, if you learn to do things my way, I will bless you. That's right. Amen. And we just saw we're hearing over what God wants to do. He wants to fill your treasuries. Yeah. Does he not want to fill your treasure? Do you believe he wants to fill your treasuries? I don't see a lot, whole lot of people excited about that. I mean, maybe you're, you, maybe you, that's all you can see. But I'm here to tell you, I'm here to put enough word into you that one day, hopefully, you'll see it. One day, you'll respond to it. One day, you'll say, you know what? I'm going to live up to the heavenly call, the heavenly mandate that has always been there available to you. It's not that it's not available to you. It's already available to you. But it's just the doing of it. It's just the, the, the responding to it. Yes. I'm so glad that Isaac went where God told him to go. Come on, amen. I'm so glad Abraham went where God told Abraham. Because yes. we, would have no, have, we would have no spiritual fathers yeah. to be an example right. of faith. Because yeah, right. we, we all need examples of faith. Yes. Yes. And over here in Mark chapter 3, verse 31... Well, let me just set it up a little bit. You know, Jesus uh, here is healing on the Sabbath day, creates a big uproar. And then over verse uh, 7, he says, the great multitude followed Jesus after that because they saw what, he done, what, he, what had been accomplished. Then Jesus, seeing what he had already done over in verse 13, started assigning the disciples to do the work that he had, he had, told, that he had already been doing. Why was that? Why did Jesus already immediately start sending out people out there to do what he was doing? Because his job wasn't just to hoard and take all glory. His job was to, to increase the kingdom of God. Amen. He was already kingdom minded. He just wasn't, this is all about me. It, he was pointing to the fact that the kingdom is not about us. It's about others minded, right? And so faith doesn't just think about itself. Faith is, is, is in the concept, in the thinking of others. Yeah. Right? right? And so we see that when he is, then <coughs> others ask him. 
in verse 20 says, The multitude came again so that they could not so much cheat, but his own people heard about this, and they could not lay hold of him. And then they were trying to do, again, do Jesus harm and saying he had devils, right? So now he's facing opposition. Jesus is. Sending out 12, and now he's facing opposition. Now they say, have a, they, they, they say he has Beelzebub. The reason why he's doing these miracles is because he has the devil with, with, uh, with him. Not much has changed since then. You hear what I'm saying? They mock the Holy Spirit, and they say that those things that are being done are being done by the devil. The same tactic of the enemy. When you're doing what God tells you to do, do not be surprised if you do not receive the support that you want. Do you hear what I'm saying? Not everybody's going to be excited when God uses you. Well, that's just fake. That, that was coincidence. We don't care what criticisms, what people say, because we're just focused on what God has assigned to us. And it's interesting because then the Lord talks about the unpardonable sin. So they can talk bad about you, but they can't talk about the Holy Spirit without consequence. Because if you're saying what you did was of the devil, what they're saying is ultimately that was of the devil. And what they're really doing is really the unpardonable sin by calling that thing unholy. Do you hear what I'm saying? So we don't get on the other side of judging anybody on that. We just stay away, keep our mouth off of it. We say, we say nada. Amen? But here's where things get interesting for you and I. Over here in verse 31, because you're and my, yours and my job is to respond. Amen? Amen. And respond the right way. And over here in Mark, of, uh, chapter, uh, Mark 3, of verse 31, he says, Then his brothers and his mothers came outside standing, and they, they sent to him, calling him. And the multitude was sitting around him. And they said unto him, Look, your mother and your brothers are outside seeking you. But he answered them and said, Who is my, my mother or brothers? And he looked all around in the circle as, at, at those who sat ar- about him. And he said, Here are my mothers and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. There, there is a place for you when you do God's word. That's how you have a, know that you have a relationship with him. Because you're doing his will. You're not doing your own thing. See, when we do our own thing, we, what we're saying is, I'm my own Lord. I am my own savior. I will get myself. See, the more you live life like that, the more you're conditioning yourself how to respond the wrong way. Because your response is the worst response. There's been times where I'm like, have you ever just done something and you're just like, oh my gosh, I can't even believe I participated in that or said something. You know, I just, I'll just tell myself a little bit. I'm in a situation where I meet somebody next to me, everybody's like telling me, oh, don't talk to that person. And then I'm like, oh, really? Oh, well. I thought they were kind of odd. I, I should never have said, I thought they were kind of odd. Should never have even let that even uttered out of my mouth. And the Lord just jumped all over me. I got home. Uh, as soon as I got back home from camp, I was just like, oh my gosh. That wasn't even at camp. It was from somewhere else where we were at. And, and I was just like, why did I even get involved in that? What am I doing? Yeah, let's say they're absolutely right. Let me say they're absolutely right. But my spirit says I shouldn't even got involved with my mouth. See, when we get our mouths involved on the wrong thing, right or wrong, 
now we're bringing judgment on ourselves because now I've judged that situation. I said, Lord, I repent. I should never have even said, you know what? Yeah, well, yeah, okay, they did seem kind of odd to me. Shouldn't even have even agreed in some way or fashion to kind of promote that. I'm telling you, it's demonic, and the devil is sneaky. What he tries to do, he tries to usurp that and get you out of God's will. He tries to get you out of God's will. He tries to move you in a place of vulnerability so he can work what he wants to work in your life. His job is to take away from you. See, if I can open my mouth and start talking negatively and negatively about this person and allow myself to go down that path, brother, what I'm doing is I'm opening this church to demonic influence. And I do not want demonic influence. And I'm telling you, I thought to myself, you know what? These people were pretty free, free to do that about this person. Uh, what makes me think that they wouldn't be free to do that about me? Do you hear what I'm saying? Because there's some folks, that, they're so free in talking bad and ugly about other folks. So free about it. So free. And that is dangerous. That is dangerous. Particularly when they don't even know anything. And they try to act like they know something, like they're an authority figure on something. They don't know everything. And, and the more you try to enter in on topics that you don't know about it, boy, it will backfire. Don't tell me that you won't eat the fruit of that. Those of you who are listening right now, those people will eat the fruit of that. They will. You will. I have. I've eaten the fruit. I have eaten it. I've had people say things that me weren't true, but they'll believe it anyway. It wasn't true. And, and people will act like they're official. Oh, yeah, it's, it's real. It real. Ain't nothing happened. But they'll say, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm telling you, right now, one of the things I'm learning, and I told Pastor Melina, I'm keeping my mouth shut. I'm keeping my mouth zipped. I'm not speaking about anybody. I could have seen him walked in off the street. Yeah, he may have done it, but I may not have seen everything. Do you hear what I'm saying? So it's just best sometimes just to keep our mouths off of some of these things. I don't know why I'm talking about all this, because this ain't my message. But I'm telling you something. There are some things that are practical when we live our lives. It, it's, a, it's supposed to be an area of holiness. Right. My mouth is called to be holy. Yes, yes, this is God's receptacle. I want to be God's golden vessel. Yes. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, back in the old days, they didn't have bathrooms. They had like these little bowls that you had to sit on and then you had to go outside and take it out and pour it out somewhere. Right? I don't want to be that vessel that's just used as the urinal or the, the dump. I want to be gold. I want to be used in an honorable way. Yes. Not something where everybody's spilling their garbage into. Yes. I don't want to, I, I, I'm sorry to be so bold and to say it that way, but I, we really need this picture in front of us that, that really, that, that helps us understand the importance of just keeping our mouths and our hearts clean. How do we do that? We just believe the best of every person. We just believe the best of every person. We live life in a day and an age where our options... I was getting ready to go to my next point. We have innumerable options to whether talk right, do right, live right, sing right, watch right. And yet, because we have so many options, we often are so inundated, we're not mindful of the things that are important. That, so when we do hear so much opinion out there, we participate in the opinion out there because we think... We are having authority. But let me say something about opinion. Opinion means you have no authority over anything. You don't. Just because you have an opinion doesn't mean you have an authority. Or you're, you are an authority. 
I, it's a very real thing. People, they open their mouths like they're an authority on the topic. But authority, like, to only have an authority means I'm in charge. And, and, and oftentimes, I, I, oftentimes we, we, we talk as if we're in charge of some things. And we're really not in charge of some things. Amen? A life of faith is more than just going to church, reading your Bible, and hearing the word. And all those things are good, but they're not intended to usurp the doing of the word. They're not intended to replace the doing of the word. But it's there to help lead us and guide us. That's what the word is for. You know, one of the things that uh, I love about our camp I mean, really, truly a lot about our camp is our camp really is kind of a continuation of the vein of um, Brother Hagen. And if you know anything about Brother Hagen, he was a very well-balanced man. He wasn't, he didn't go off in extremes. He always stayed middle of the road when it came to doing the word. He had a phenomenal record of walking in love. He's, he's had, and, one, and casting his cares on the Lord. He says, I, I've passed up many opportunities to worry, take on cares, not walk in love. I mean, he didn't say that part, but he said he's, you hear his testimony. He had plenty of opportunities to not walk in love. And he showed us and he, yeah. he gave us an example of what it was to walk in love. Yeah. Right. And so you and I are, are, have been given a great treasury full of great understanding of and, and, and revelation and understanding. But just to have that and not use that is, is ultimately, just like, like the scripture says in James, we've walked up to the mirror, we've seen ourselves in the terms of, we've seen our potential. See, I, that's why I love that scripture. When I see, I, I see myself in a, in, a, in a shadowy glass, I see myself in a glass. It says shadowy because... Clarity comes when we're actually doing the word. Clarity of who we really are is when we're doing the word. That's where we find our potential. That's where we find out who we really are. But if I don't do the word, I'm just, the scripture says I'm lying to myself. I become, I'm just simply lying to myself. And, and I don't, and that's why a lot of believers don't do the word or live the word because they look at us and say, well, they're a bunch of hypocrites. No, we're, they're not hypocrites. They're just like everybody else. They're just people who need answers, who are hurting, who, who, who've who been doing their own thing. And I finally learned, I don't want to do my own thing anymore. Yeah. I don't want to get involved in talking about other folks anymore. I've already, I've already done that. I'm leaving the drama behind. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I mean, uh, you can't ever, I mean, even drama can be addicting. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Let's open our Bibles to uh, 2 Peter. And a part of our life is not about living in drama, but it's really just doing the word. So how are we, you and I, supposed to live? Well, I'm glad you asked that question this morning of me. Second Peter chapter 3, say amen when you get there. I see a few pages turning so that I'll take a couple seconds. Second <coughs> Peter chapter 3. I'm going to start in verse 14. I was going to start a little bit quicker, but it's okay. Let's start in verse 14. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found in him in peace without spot and blameless. 
That's how we're to be found. Um, brother said, used, Jesse said a great scripture. He said, um, and, I liked, and I liked it. He said, he talked about how the Satan, how, how the difference between how Satan fell and, and humanity falls. Yeah. And, he's, and how many of you heard that, that's watched Jesse any of those nights? How many of you watched it? I've got a couple, I've got one hand. Um, let, me, let, me just, let me just say this to you. I wish all of you would have watched it. Because really, we're, that's the camp that we all belong to. That's where we get our marching orders. That's where, where for weeks, we will camp out on some of these things. And you'll say, well, didn't Pastor Nancy preach it? Didn't, you're going to preach it here. But yeah, but see, there's something to be connected to a vein properly. When you're properly connected, you're going you're gonna to pay, you're going to listen, you're going to pay attention to because now you're going to know what the, the, the team plan is. Amen. And so something that Brother, uh, uh, Brother Jesse made a point in saying, he said, you know, Satan was tempted, and so it's not, you know, man isn't tempted, so that's how God can, can, for, can forgive you. But if you keep committing the same sin, there at some point becomes no remission of sins because you're continuing doing that. Willingly, you're willingly do that. Yet, when we read the scriptures, it says, it reminds us to live spotlessly. There's a, tons of scriptures that talk about you living spotlessly, you living holy. So at some point, there's even a scripture that talks about not being led away by your own lusts. All right. So, yeah. And when you walk away from your own lust, you're opening yourself. You put yourself under the or the lack of protection, if you want to say. You, you, you bring, we bring ourselves under, under position of a lack of protection when we're out operating outside the word. And so when things happen to us or things are opening to us be, that they shouldn't be opening, like it's almost like supernaturally, it seems like the door is open. Like it's like having your house and like, where's the cold draft coming in? And you recognize, oh, there's a door open. You know that you've, that you've left the door open somewhere. And oftentimes people leave the door open somewhere in their lives, but they're not willing to get up and close that door. And there's got to be a willingness to stop the enemy from just walking in and out as he pleases. We've got to close doors. And that's why Peter says, beloved, looking forward to these things, different to be found in him in peace. You've got to be found in peace. How do you get found in peace? By being in his presence, by having a relationship with the Lord. Being spotless and blameless. In other words, I'm going to live right. I'm not going to do anything until I'm married. And if I'm living with somebody, I'm going to get married because I'm going to get married. (laughs) I'm going to get married because I don't want to live in a way that is opening the door to the enemy and allowing the evil one to operate in my life. I'm closing the doors. Amen. Can I get a bigger amen? amen? So. It says, and consider that the long suffering of our Lord in salvation. In other words, he did He suffered a lot so that you can receive salvation. As our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to me, as has written to you. As also his epistle speaking in them of these things in which are some things are hard to understand. He's talking about Paul, which taught the unstable people twist, how unstable people twist their twist to their own destruction as they also do rest of the scriptures. In other words, there's a, there's a people out there that will twist things to their own self-destruction. People who twist things and will try to make a way with, and where it's okay, you're okay if you sin. You're okay. 
at some point we've just got to say, you know, we've got to stop with this whole idea. Okay, it's okay, you sin, just pick yourself up. No, how about just, let's just stop sinning. How about just, let's just live right. How about just live holy? How about just walk, be in peace? How about just start believing God? Start putting your faith on a project and start believing and trusting God. Here's another thought that it was. How about you're, you're so busy believing God for your healing. You're so busy believing God for a miracle that you don't want the devil to come, come in and open the door and take that which you've been believing for. Yes, that's right. Amen. Because there, we, things open up as a result as believers because we open doors un, unintentionally, sometimes intentionally. Unintentionally. You ended on a topic that you shouldn't even got into and, and discussed about somebody. And that went quick. And you didn't even like, oh, man, I shouldn't even say. I shouldn't even. I, I, looked at, uh, I, looked at, I looked at Pastor Melina, and there, someone's telling me something. I go, I told you something. I said it out loud. Oh, I knew something was off. I shouldn't even have said that. Shouldn't even cross. And see, we say things so quick. And you're like, oh, shoot. And I'm like, uh, where did I go? I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want the fruit of that in my life, nor should you want any of the fruit of that in your life. I don't want anybody who comes and leaves the church. We ain't talking about nobody who comes and leaves the church. Do you hear what I'm saying? If someone leaves out of a wrong motive, we ain't saying nothing about them. Well, they were trying to do this. Our mouth is not on that person. We just give them over to God. God, you take care of them. Lord, you help them. Lord, you brought them to this world. You can take them wherever you need to take them. Amen. So what are we doing? We're saying, hey, I'm staying clean. I'm staying holy. I don't know about you, but it's not worth getting myself or you into trouble because we couldn't keep our mouth off of folks. Amen. I mean, if you open your mouth about somebody, that means you're willing to open your mouth about anybody. If you're free about it, boy, you're going to get yourself. You can tell how free you are, but how quick everybody is so quick to share with you. I'm like, man, I, I, I was like, have I opened myself? You think to yourself, how did I open myself so quickly to that? Why did someone feel so comfortable to tell me these things? And then I thought, after I opened my mouth, okay, that's how. Because I, I, after that, I invited it, and next thing you know, they just started opening up even more. And I, instead of being able to move off the topic and change the topic, the whole group, the whole room, they were just talking that way. And I'm like, I can't do that anymore. I've got, I've got too much in stake for my life. I have assignments on my life. There's things I got to get, to get done. I got places to preach. I got, I got things to do. I've got grandkids to, to look forward to. I am not getting myself involved with anything like that. Amen. And I'm telling you, holiness begs for you and I to stay connected to him. It begs, it begs it of us. Amen. Therefore, beloved, verse, uh, verse 17, there, you therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you fall from your own steadfastness and being led away with the error of the wicked. Boy, isn't that amazing how quickly you can get carried away? Once you were steady, but now you're not. You're steady. You're doing great. You kept your mouth shut, you, and you don't even—you never say anything about anybody. But just one moment 
of saying, oh, I just knew, I just knew that. You've entered in. Not even aware that you had done that. And you've lost your steadiness. What does it mean to be steady? It means to be without being moved. You're, you're doing right, you're not even moved, and something just tips you over and gets you in the wrong conversation, the wrong way of talking. I'm telling you, church, we live in a day and age where it is too easy to make a comment on Facebook. Too easy to make a comment. We, we've, we have gotten ourselves so conditioned with stating our opinion, so comfortable with doing that, that we've literally essentially are losing power over that. We're losing our authority as believers by opening our mouths and saying what we think. You know, the authority of the believer is so that you can take your authority over demonic influences, but you cannot take your authority over something that you are already in coming agreement with. I can't take my authority over the demonic situation that may be trying to stir over somebody because now I'm in agreement with the, what the devil is trying to do in their life versus saying, you know what? I'm not getting involved in that. I'm not saying anything, but come home underneath my breath. Thank you, Father. They're free. Thank you, Father. They know how to do things right. I thank you, Father, that there's the blessing of Abraham over them. I thank you, Father. They, they, they don't know any better, Lord, but Lord, I just thank you, Father, that like, like the scripture says how to pray with them. Yeah. I thank you, Father, that the eyes of their, uh, the eyes of their understanding are being lined, that they may know the depth and the height and the call of the Lord Jesus Christ on their life. You're praying the Ephesians prayer. You're, you're praying the word over them. But instead of polluting the water, we take away our authority over situation. And yet God says, use your authority as a believer in a proper way that's going to minister life. Yes. Praise the Lord. But it says, but you, you believers, grow, grow in grace and the knowledge of our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ. But grow in grace. You cannot grow in grace. Come on. By talking about others. Or being skillful about talking about others. Now I'm just using the talking of others as, as a point of reference. Because it's something that I just. I'm, like I said I told telling on myself. Right. And I don't know about you. But I want to stay clean here. I don't want to get in on any of that stuff. In fact, I don't even like when people ask me how other people are doing sometimes. Because really, you need to ask them. If you're, if you're asking somebody about so-and-so, that means you're thinking about them. And you know what you should be doing? You should be calling and asking them. Yes. Not, not <laughs> talking to people, oh, what's going on? Oh, yeah, he's going on. And then next thing you know, you're gossiping. You're unwittingly gossiping about somebody. Didn't even know you were doing it. You're just like, yeah, he's kind of going through a tough, maybe he don't want anybody else to know he's going through a tough time. Maybe he wants to have the dignity of going through a tough time by himself. Right? Like, yeah, I made some mistakes. I opened my mouth. I shouldn't have said some things. How many have ever said something you shouldn't have said? Raise your hand. If you've ever said something you shouldn't have said, come on, now now I see a lot of honest people here. How how many of you could could use a lot less talking about situations? I know I could. I, I know I could. I could take my mouth off of certain situations, especially when I'm watching these refs work out in the football field. <laughs> like instant replay. You know, I mean, how did I'm not going to say it. You just as a man, you can really start giving your opinion on some things. 
But I swear them, re- them refs are taking money. They ain't taking no money. <laughs> they could be. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But you can see how this re- really can just be a slippery slope. And how before you know it, you're getting and talking about things you shouldn't even be talking about. Right. It says, to, it say, if, if it does not say grow, notice the word says, does not say grow in lasciviousness. Nor does it say, let us grow outside the grace. Rather, it says, let us grow in grace. In other words, grow in his love, grow in his ability. Because you have the ability to clamp down on the way you talk. You have the ability to walk, clamp down on how you walk by faith. If I'm so free to talk about the wrong thing, I am eroding at my faith and talking about the right thing. Because there, I won't believe they're even the right things I'm saying. I can't even say, say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be cast in the sea, because I have eaten at my authority as a believer, because half the stuff I say isn't even true. How do I know it? Because the comments I'm making are being spoken from a position of really not knowing everything. And if you did know everything, would you come in agreement with it? Or would you just like, no, I'm standing in faith with them. I'm believing that they're going to get some insight, that they're going to see things clearly. We've got to maintain a certain way of thinking and looking at things in a whole different light. In other words, talking wrong about somebody, do I want that to take away from my authority as a believer? In other words, talking to that mountain or even perhaps even using my faith for healing healing. How many of you need healing? I need healing. How many of you need prosperity? I need, how many of you need finances? Those things, those things I mentioned will keep you from that area. And I think the church is suffering in these areas because we have opened the door of opinion and allow it into our lives. In many cases, unwittingly, not knowing that you have. And I and I told I told Pastor Malia, next time, I you know, because you know certain people. Who, how many of you have family? Right, all of us have family. So when you get around the family, what does everybody start doing? They're all talking. Hey, did you know this? And you're just filling each other and all everything else. You're talking about family, everything that's going on. So just the door naturally opens to talk. So I told her, I go, you know what, when I go somewhere, you, you can tell me, these are the things that we're not going to talk about. We're not going to talk about people. If someone asks us, you ask them. They're right there. You ask them. I am getting involved with that. I'm making a choice. And if people are uncomfortable, I'm sorry. I've, I've, I'm believing for too much. I'm believing. Pastor, oh, who was someone, somebody ministers? Like, oh, Jesse said, you got to write down what you're believing, even the things that are impossible. Yeah. So I wrote things out. I'm believing the Lord for an impossible. I'm believing for an di- uh, airplane. It's called a diamond. And da-da-da, it's beautiful. You look it up on YouTube. That's what I'm believing for. I've, I've got, I'm going through the whole thing. I, got, I, I see my guys that's going to Arizona, going to any state to preach the word of God. Yes. Amen. Come on. We've got, we've, got, you know, we've got a church to build. That's right. That's right. Amen. We've got another building to go to. I don't, I don't got time to be messing around with other people's trash. I am not other people's receptacle. That's right. That's right. Don't throw your trash in me. I don't want it anymore. Yeah. I mean, you've got to get to the point where you're just fed up with it. Yeah. Good. You like, like eating. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of eating pan dulces. 
I say it by faith. <laughs> I'm tired of donuts. The Lord's chips. I'm not letting any, anything more go into this beautiful temple. We have got to make some decisions this year. We've got to make some decisions. Because I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. And, the Holy, and if I'm just being led about by every voice, I'm not allowing the Holy Spirit to be the main voice in my life. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because there's going to be a lot of voices. But the more, I ignore his, by, the more I ignore the Holy Spirit, the lower. It's not that he's trying, not trying to talk to you. But he said, hey, maybe you shouldn't talk this way. Maybe you shouldn't act this way. Maybe you were, I mean, I, you know, it's funny because as soon as I did it, I was, I, where I was at, I wanted to say, oh, man, I was like, after I did it, I was, sit, I was, was sitting at a table. I was like, oh, man, I can't believe I just got pulled into that. I felt so grieved with myself. I wanted to stop everybody, but everybody was doing it. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh. And then we were driving on the way home. I told, I don't know if we were driving home or we were home. I told me, I can't do that anymore. Or I think it was the following night. I don't remember when it was. I just, I can't do that anymore. I don't like it. I don't like what it, I don't like the way it feels on the inside of me. Because the Holy Spirit on the inside is just scratching on you inside. Just, I was just so grieved. I don't, and if you're not grieved about these things, you've got to ask yourself, why am I not grieved? Because when you're grieved, that shows that the Holy Spirit is working in your life. It shows, it shows that the Holy Spirit is, and if you're not grieved over and it's easy, then you ask yourself, maybe there else, there's something else that's talking big and I'm allowing him to have too much voice in my life. He's a, the devil's having a little too comfortable with talking with me. I don't want the, and I, and because you're believing God for things, you don't want, you do not want the enemy just to get involved. <sighs> Am I helping anybody this morning? Because I want to be steadfast. I want to be led by the Spirit more this year. And this whole lightness towards things. Amen. You know what it means to be light towards things? Because there was, remember how many of you watched Pastor Nancy? She talked about four areas. I thought it was excellent. I mean, I don't know about any of you, but uh, I was like, praise the Lord, it was some good stuff. And and she was talking about, and I'm going to kind of open up this, because I do actually have the book with me um, in this computer. If I can ever get it to operate or can to respond with me. But, you know, there, there are things. And here's a it's called Growing in Grace. Uh, I think we're going to have to make it our book of the month. But, I mean, it is it is such I'm going through the table of contents. It's talking about the, the five things that bring that cause believers to be of no use. One is lightness. And I'll talk a little bit about that in a second. Looseness. Looseness towards the things of God. Don't really take anything seriously. Laziness. Not taking, making any effort. You know, you can hear the word, but how many of you know just reading your Bible and not doing it doesn't, doesn't help you? Sort of like having a, having a treadmill. I own it. Doesn't mean I'm going to possess the benefits of it. And I'm getting ready to buy a treadmill, by the way. So if you're looking, so you pot a pet treadmill, Pastor? Yeah, I go, don't look like it's working yet. I go, I'm working it. I'm going to work it. <laughs> Pastor Melina said, you had a, you used to have a treadmill a long time ago. I go, I did not. She goes, yes, you did. I go, I did. She goes, you did have a treadmill. <laughs> Remember back at the old, uh, that old house? And she told me where it was. I go, no. And I was trying to think about 
I think she's right. I do used to have a treadmill. And I don't think I use it like I should have. So pray for me that this treadmill is going to help me. But it's only going to help me unless I do what? I use it. I use it. You know I know what it takes to, to, to lose weight. I know what I shouldn't be eating. But like Paul, I do those things which I don't want to do. I like those chili rellenos. And I really like a good chili relleno with some rice and some beans. Guess where we're going afterwards. Some floured tortillas. Lightness, really light towards things, like it's no big deal. Opening your mouth like it's no big deal. I really believe that's a dangerous ground to willfully sin and act like it's no big deal. I've even heard some folks over the past, oh, we're just rebellious. Ha, 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 ha. That's how that sounds to me. I'm like, rebellion is a sin of witchcraft. I don't even think joking that being rebellious is even remotely funny. I, I think it's dangerous. It's, it's treating rebellious lightly. And it's being very loose with the things of God. And it's lazy. That's, these are, I'm reading you the top thing, things that this thing is. And quasad, uh, how does she say it? Loquacity. I always have to turn to loquacity. That's a new word to me. I went to school with a girl named Loquacity. <laughs> hey, don't be judging her. Her mom named her Laquacity. I'm, I'm doing a wordplay so I can teach myself to remember how to say it. So the word Laquacity means just saying whatever you want to say. Being very loose with your words. And being very loose with your words is a very dangerous ground to be on. So five things is lightness, treating things casually, looseness. Again, they're a lot alike. Laziness. Making no effort to do the word and just loquacity, putting your mouth on things. Sort of like a little baby who puts his mouth on everything. You know, a baby will put something dangerous and poisonous in their mouth. No thought. You know how we know that? Well, are you sure? Yeah, that's why they put these, these protection things on these, on these medicine tablets, on these things, containers. And it says for child protection. You know, I, re- I was raised in an age where they used to not have any of those things. <laughs> I, was raised, I was raised in the 70s and the 80s. There were no child protection-proof bleach bottles. You could just twist all... <laughs> what? Right? Now they've got child protection. Now you've got things for doors. Nothing that. You've got things co- covered, your electric sockets. Man, I used to take a good old-fashioned <laughs> knife in there. <laughs> My mom, what's going on there? Nothing? Nothing? <laughs> We playing there with electric, playing with electricity. See, living life with no boundaries. See, Christians should not live their lives with no boundaries. If if there's something in your life that is causing you to trip, come up with a game plan. My game plan is, I told her we're gonna have to write this thing down because every time we come over, I feel like our mouths just can easily open up <coughs> because it's family. Oh, it's just family. Like that makes it okay. It does not, it being family doesn't make it okay. It doesn't. I, and, I don't, and I don't want to, I don't want to live like that anymore. 
I, I'm being very frank. I don't want to live like that anymore. I, I do not desire to live like that. We've got, to, we've got to come to decisions in our lives saying, you know what, Pastor, I'm not doing this anymore. How many here want change, true changes here? Yes, amen. How many are believing for some things? Yes. We don't want to trip over things anymore. Okay. I'm, just, I'm just, the Bible talks about, I, I have a great, great position that I'm in right now. Part of my great position is I can confess my sin in front of everybody. And God perceives that I am being honest. You can't just tell everybody, yeah, I have the same problem, Pastor. I was just talking about you last week. <laughs> I knew you needed to get a haircut. That haircut was irritating me. The only person that would, might talk like that might be George, because George, he cuts my hair. He's a pastor. We need to cut that thing. He probably would be the only guy, okay, but he's telling me, I don't know why he comes into church like this. I, I, he, can, he can just schedule me every week, right? But you don't see him getting up and talking about that. Well, thank you. I, that, that, that just. <laughs> but see, here's the thing. As a believer, we've got, we've got to get to, if we know we're weak in this area, confess your sin. I like what Jesse DePlanis said to one guy. He says, uh, Jesse, I, I, I don't know how to say this, but I have a lust problem. He goes, well, then tell your wife. You tell your wife you've got lust. I go, no, 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 don't tell her. She'll help you get over it real quick. Yeah. Tell somebody that you can get over some things real quick. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're safe. Because there's things we've got, I, I'm telling you, I'm believing for way too much. Mm-hmm. I'm believing for way too much for this year. Yeah. I, I, am, I am tired of, if I am doing something to undermine myself, by God, I want to be the guy that just quelches this thing. Yeah. That says, I am putting my foot down. I am not allowing, I, I don't, I don't want to know what the other pastor down the street is doing. I, I don't care. Yeah. I, I'm so busy with me, I have no time for others to talk ugly about others. Right. Too busy. I'm feeling my destiny. Yes. I got a beautiful wife at home who loves me, who thinks the world of me, who makes me coffee every morning. Yes. <laughs> she does a lot of other things, great things too. Great woman. Tells me when I'm wrong. <laughs> there is a scene in The Princess Bride. And she takes, have we watched The Princess Bride? How many of the scene where they, uh, they, they go over to Miracle Max and Miracle Max is so wounded, he's so despondent, doesn't, doesn't want to do a miracle because, you know, she, he's worried. He got fired by Prince Humperdinck. <laughs> so here he is. He's trying to revive the guy. He, pulls, he pumps air down. He pushes. He goes, so why? Hey, you down there, why do, why do you want to live? And he goes, we'll find out why he wants to live. Ah, true love. He says, true love. <laughs> No, he didn't say true love. He said to play, which obviously means to cheat. And his wife runs out and goes, liar! That's Pastor Melina. Liar! <laughs> That's one of our favorite lines in the movie where she says, liar! So if you ever hear me and Pastor Melina saying that, it's because it's our, it's our Princess Bride quote that we really like. So there's no lying to ourselves anymore. It's, it's outing ourselves. Why are we doing it? Not to, and not, like I said, to save people. But, but we're not to your coworker either because we're like, who do you think you are? Seriously, you got to, Bible does talk about not casting your pearls amongst the swine. If you do so, they'll turn and rend on you and, and come after you. So it's just best not to participate. It's just like, you know what? Hey, how are you guys? Hey, you know, I wish I could see here, but I got some things I got to do. Especially when they start talking about other folks. 
And I'm, I'm thinking like, how am I going to, I already know how I want to address certain things. Yeah. Guys, I, I don't, I don't know. None of my business. Yeah. I have no, I have no opinion on that. Huh? That doctors used to say this. I have no opinion on that. Let's just, let's just say that I have no opinion on that. Let's say it all together. I have no opinion on that. Pastor is the best looking man in this church. I have no opinion on that. Sorry, Alfonso. There can only be one. He goes, Alfonso's no. I already know I'm the best looking. I can do a good, I have a brother-in-law who talks exactly like Alfonso. I do. One day he called his house asking for his, his wife. I go, hello, who's this? And he's all, who's this? I go, it's, it's Josh. He goes, oh, I'm Josh. Who is this? Oh, I'm just here. I'm just here with Melina. We're just sitting there. What? And he's like, and I go, it's just me. He, he really got worked up. <laughs> There's only things you can do to your family that just make things fun. But I can imitate his voice just because I have a brother-in-law that talks exactly like him. Praise the Lord. So if I ever call Letty, say, hey, Letty, you just said Pastor Marcus $200. She may have to check that call. That's it. Oh, bless God. Well, ain't God good? And it's good to have a good laugh in church and, and really just be excited about the things of God. We're believing for too much. Amen. And so we'll just thank you, Heavenly Father. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Father, that we're walking in the Lord this year.